The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against In the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, it has been one of those weeks when the best laid plans for a sermon had to be tossed into the virtual trash can at least once a day. It began, of course, earlier this week with the escalation between the United States and North Korea, which touched me in a very deep place because it touches very closely to a part of the world that is near and dear to my heart. And then came Charlottesville on Friday night when we saw again put on the television and in the newspapers and online the face of a very old and unpleasant yet familiar evil that has long been in our country. Some commentators say that August has always been a month when whatever has been simmering in the body politic boils over in the American context. But I was struck reflecting on this just this morning, how much this evil and this time of great conflict is very much captured in the story of Joseph. Because it is that old human conflict where brothers and sisters turn against their siblings and throw them into pits and sell them into slavery. That's why that story is there in a book that we call Genesis. And in a book that our Jewish brothers and sisters regard as part of the core, the very root of the story of the people of God. 
This is our story. This is the story of evil that has always been with us. And interestingly enough, underneath that, the story of hope. Because as many of you will remember, this is only the beginning of the story of Joseph and his brothers. God is up to something. Wait for it. Wait for it. When I was a high schooler on one of my trips to England, my grandmother, who was a well-regarded florist throughout England, was invited to do flowers for a wedding at Bagshot Park. Now, for you Tolkien fans out there, that's not Bagshot Row. That's in Hobbiton. That's in Hobbiton. But Bagshot Park is a real place near Windsor, and uh, it has long been a property of the royal family. And in the 19th century, Victoria rebuilt Bagshot Park for one of her sons, Arthur. And so it is a big pile of a Victorian building on a beautifully maintained estate. And for much of the 20th century, it was the regimental headquarters for the Royal Army Corps of Chaplains. And behind Bagshot is a beautiful garden with a gorgeous reflecting pool. And I have very vivid memories of going in and enjoying all the woodwork and the stonework and, and the finery of the place and watching my grandmother and my mother who was helping her decorate these flowers that they had piled into the station wagon along with me, drove down the motorway with it. And I remember the rehearsal dinner that we had with the bride and the groom and their family there. And it was good Victorian fare. It was bland English cooking. And if any of you know traditional English cooking, you know to say that it's bland is saying something. I remember that very vividly as well. But the thing that sticks out most clearly in my memory is in that beautiful reflecting pond, which was as still as glass, the Army Corps of Chaplains put a sign right next to that pond, and it said in big, friendly English polite letters, please do not walk on the water. I learned just yesterday that um, the property has since gone back to the hands of the royal family and uh, the Duke of Wessex. Um, I think it's uh, Queen Elizabeth's third son now lives there with his family. And they decided to keep the sign. They decided to keep the sign. What is it about that image of walking on water that so captivates us and it so captivated the Jewish Christian community to which Matthew was addressing his gospel. It seems that from very early on, one of the images for the church was the image of a group of disciples in a boat together. 
Look around you and tell me what you see. I mean that literally. Look around you and tell me what you see. It's in our architecture. Do you see at least a hint in the imagery that this is an overturned boat that we are in? And it shows up in the language we use, too, that goes back to the ancient Latin. We call where you all are all sitting down, standing, the nave. And the root of that is the same word as navy, something to do with boats, being in a boat together. Now, there are other gospel stories that appear in other places about Jesus being in the boat with the disciples, but Matthew wanted his first audience and us centuries later to see Jesus outside of the boat, outside of the boat, out there in the storms of the world, walking on the water. So what is that? Is that just a divine parlor trick to impress us? Is it just a miraculous story that we have to assent to and not think very much about? Think about it in the way that probably Matthew's first audience thought about it, and that was in light of the beginning of Genesis. Remember how Genesis opens? The Spirit of God moves over the waters of chaos. The Spirit of God moves over the waters of chaos. It's a very clear hearkening back to that image that I think those first Jewish Christians would have immediately understood. So yes, it's a declaration of divinity, but more than that, it is suggesting to us about where Jesus is and where we are called at this stormy time. Because the temptation for us as Christians and I would go as far as to say, particularly for those of us as white Christians, is to stay in the boat and batten down the hatches. That's a privilege for us. We could do that if we decided to, and probably get away with it. Think about all of our brothers and sisters this day who are not white. Do they have that choice? Probably not. Probably not. This is the call that Matthew is offering us today. He's saying, no, Jesus is out there on the water in the midst of the storm. The good news is that he is coming to us and calling us, calling us to get out of the boat. Now, we could pause right there and cast Peter as a hero, right? Peter is the hero who hears the call. Except, you know, Peter didn't read the sign. And Peter, as we all know, likes to jump in feet first and then ask questions later. I get that about Peter. There's a side to me that's like that. And it gets me into trouble all the time. Just ask my family. I jump in feet first 
and then I ask and study. Frequently, my wife says, what are you doing? And she's right. She's right. As soon as Peter looks around him, he begins to sink because he's frightened. It's frightening what's going on outside these hallowed walls, outside the boat. It's terrifying to imagine where we will be at this time next week, let alone next month. It is unbelievable to fathom that people now can gather publicly on the streets of an American city and in the name of white supremacy and neo-fascism bring violence to the point that people die. That leaves a pit in my stomach that I cannot get past. I imagine that's true for many of you. So to be frightened about that reality is to be like Peter, having gotten out of the boat. But Matthew doesn't stop there. Matthew wants us to see Jesus reaching out to us just as Jesus reaches out to Peter and catching us. Maybe chiding us a little bit, but not letting go. Yesterday, some of our brothers and sisters in the Diocese of Virginia and from the Diocese of Washington and from the Diocese of New York were in Charlottesville. They were part of the counter-movement, standing not just with other Episcopalians, but with members of many other faiths, Jewish, Islamic, fellow Christians, to say no because they recognize that we now live in a time where silence is consent. Silence is to be complicit in the face of evil. And they were willing to be the first to step out of the boat and into the storm and take that risk that Peter takes. And above all, to trust that Jesus would be there to hold them up. My sisters and brothers in Christ, I invite you this week to pray over where you are being called, wherever you find yourself, to step out of the boat. And a little bit later today, we're going to have a chance to reflect where we can step out of the boat together as a parish and meet Jesus out there calling us, calling us to put away that sign that says, please do not walk on the water and trust the God who brought a beautiful creation out of chaos. 
to trust a God who is with Joseph in that pit, who is with Joseph as he is sold into slavery by his own flesh and blood, and who will amazingly even be with Joseph's brothers when they are in need later in the story. Watch for it. Watch for it. This is our God. This is a time where God is calling us to trust and to be a people not just of fear, but a people of courage. Because that, my sisters and brothers in Christ, is the real measure of our faith. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.